everybody. Welcome back to Podcana episode 18. I'm once again joined by, I guess I'll call it Lorcana Phenom. Kala, Kala, <laughs> how are you, how are you doing? How was, how was your week sort of in Lorcana been? You've been playing? I've been playing a bit this week. I'm not going to lie. I took a little bit of a break after the tournament I played with Raven two weeks ago. Flipped some cards this mm -hmm. week though, selling a few things, a few foils, which was nice. Um, but yeah, been really enjoying all of the uh, leaks and um, all of these new cards that we've been seeing for set two that have been coming out. Um, but yeah, just kind of chilling, preparing actually. I'm going to be preparing this weekend for uh, a major tournament that's going to be happening uh, on this Sunday mm. where uh, myself, Howling, Specimen, Raven, a lot of uh, my friends are going to be playing in. And I'm pretty sure winner gets two booster boxes. So super excited for that. Excited to see what decks people are going to bring. If it's going to be all Ruby Amethyst, if people are going to attack their decks with specific things to beat certain matchups. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm really, really excited. How about you? Have you been playing much? Oh, you actually did win something this weekend, Brendan, didn't you? You want to talk about that a bit? It's just uh, just locals. Like, So I have a, a somewhat competitive locals that happens on Mondays where they actually just run four rounds, best of three. Um, and there's an undefeated at the end of that. And yeah, I brought a different variation of the Ruby Amethyst list. We did have a Ruby Amethyst deck tech go up on the channel with Moyen once again. If you're looking to understand Ruby Amethyst, look at a solid build of the deck and understand, yeah, a lot of the fundamentals that go with that, I would recommend checking out that video. We also had a, there's a gameplay on it and we had an incredible game versus Sapphire deck. It was very, very close and I think you'll enjoy it a lot. Um, but I took a different version of the deck to this local. So the thing about Ruby Amethyst right now is if it's weird it's gone through some iterations let me let me let me walk you through the history the short history of ruby amethyst because that that's very contextual so initially ruby amethyst control came out people playing 60 cards etc it's like oh it's this great control deck and then people realized that in the mirror they were going to fatigue so they were going to zero cards and their opponent was basically trying to stay a card up on them and they would stop drawing cards it became a match of attrition someone would run out of cards and they would win that way well, there's ways you can get around that. Um, people started running more than 60 cards. So they would have this inherent card sort of deck advantage on their opponent, and they could draw more cards more freely and stay up on cards the opponent would run out. And then we came to the era of Magic Broom plus Mickey plus Pocket Watches, shuffling a lot of cards back into the deck, plus Befuddle on the Broom, which is uh, an infinite loop of you know, Befuddling your Broom back in, your Broom shuffling your Broom back in. And basically there's like this little infinite loop that happens in terms of not decking. Um, but the game still kind of ends ish. So what's happening is you're, you're using that loop at the end of the game. Uh, but you're, while that's happening, you're, you and your opponent are trading your, the rest of the cards that are sort of in your hand, right? Which is like, all right, you drop your, your Mickey Brave Little Taylor. They use their third Dragonfire. Okay. You drop your two drop, or your, you know, your Maleficent, you know, quest for one, but it's fine. It's, a, it's just a threat on board. And they're like, okay, they drop their, um, they have to be prepared. It just becomes this weird attrition match um, at the end, which is pretty fun. But I decided to take a new deck, um, a new take on the deck, which is, I ran 10 evasive characters to try to go under. I also found that Ruby Amethyst, specifically those decks, specifically the decks that are um, hyper, hyper control and running each other into this infinite loop endgame, they also get dunked on by aggro. Like, they are not consistent against aggro whatsoever. You can you can beat aggro, but specifically green decks are really hard for you. Like, Kuzco is hard to deal with. Um, the just-in-time decks can absolutely just stomp you because there's nothing you can do about uh, them sort of having a good curve. So I wanted to play 10 evasive characters, which is 4 Pongo, 4 Goofy, 
into Jetsam in order to beat the mirror. Um, so what I'm doing is I'm trying to go under in the mirror. So my opponent, you know, quest very aggressively. But also, I'm when by playing those characters, I'm taxing my opponent's removal. Because you play a Pongo, it's very likely in the mirror that if your opponent doesn't have an opposing Goofy or something like that, they're going to dragon fire your Pongo. Okay. So you have four Pongos, they have four dragon fires. Okay, you play Pongo and Goofy. You have four dragon fires. Four Malefic they have four Maleficents. I mean, this is very top end curve. It's very inefficient to be moving Goofies and Pongos with Maleficent, but they will do it. That's how they get away with it. But once you get up into this like 10 range and you add these Jet Sams, which don't quest for a lot, but they also kill opposing Pongos, it's like your opponent will run out of Dragon Fires, Be Prepared, and Maleficents. Um, and you're also doing this throughout the early to mid game. So they have to be able to draw these cards, find these cards. Like you're heavily taxing your opponent's ability to remove threats on the board. And the key to the deck is actually <clears throat> to not overcommit to the board and yeah just tax those tax those removal cards out of your opponent stick a threat on the board just outquest your opponent there's really not much they can do to be honest it feels very very favored in the mirror one other upside to the deck is that it competes way better against aggro so you're you're actually you're dropping things onto the board on turn four on turn five they might be understated evasive characters but sometimes that's all you need for these cheesy just in time decks or some cheesy Cusco deck like or or lilos like if, if people are landing early lilos on you a pongo is like it's a decent card right a jet salmon it's it's decent it's something that can actually compete against the board you can't be sitting there as a control deck being sitting there like oh i'm gonna dragon fire this lilo like no you would just lose the game or i'm gonna be prepared this board with you know, a Lilo and a, a Maleficent quest for two on the board. Like, you would just lose every single time. So my thesis is go under in the mirror, um, compete more on board against aggro. Aggro is still a, one of your harder matchups. And then when it comes to the other most popular deck in the game, which is Amber Steel, that deck is a buy for Ruby Amethyst. It should be a buy. That's your easiest matchup by far. Ruby Amethyst, uh, <clears throat> sorry, Amber Steel can tech against it. They can use some Hades, like infinite loop kind of stuff, but ultimately... You should be able to out attrition them uh, and and beat them if they get onto board really fast and they have the Hades loop. Um, they can beat you, but beating Amber Steel is all about heuristics. It's all about denying any value off Rapunzel. It's all about denying value off of Stitch Surfer. So you're controlling how many characters they have on board. You're you know as they curve into turn seven, you might dragon fire something inefficiently in order to get the Stitch. You know get a character off so stitch doesn't draw cards but like one of the biggest mistakes and i know i've been rambling a bit one of the biggest mistakes you can make <clears throat> that i see players make all the time with the ruby amethyst decks against amber steel is they play maleficent um the draw card maleficent sorcerer right the two two and then on turn four they sing friends on the other side and the opposing amber uh steel player has an ariel on board they trade into it and then now it's their turn four and now they draw two cards with rapunzel you should just cast friends on the other side. Hard cast it. You should never tap that Maleficent. You should never tap a 2-2. You should never do that. You should never tap anything where the opposing Amber Steel player can trade into it, survive, and then draw cards off Rapunzel. Rapunzel needs to be the most dead card in their deck. If you do that, you, via having your draw through friends on the other side, through Magic Mirror, which is less consistent because they have beasts, you will outdraw them, you will out-attrition them, and you should beat them very, very easily as a result. Um, yeah, so that that's sort of where I am, Colin. I knew it was a little bit of a rant. I can pop up the deck list that I played here on, um, yeah, on the podcast. Which, so if you're watching the video version on YouTube, you'll see it right now. Kawa, I know you've seen it before, but I'll just 
we talked about the, the cards. That Go for playing. it. Yeah. yeah we, I mean, we already kind of talked about it, right? It's the four Pongo, four Goofy, two Jet Sam. Uh, other than that, it's pretty standard. It's cut a lot of cards that, you know, we've cut from earlier versions of this deck, to be honest, which is like the the three drop Aladdin and the three drop Elsa. People are like, why are you not queen. playing? Yeah, Queen. Yeah. Like those cards are just not very good in my opinion. I mean, Queen Queen competes at the five slot for um, for Rafiki. Goofy. Uh, not Rafiki, but uh, the five drop is Goofy, but it's also Maui. Maui. Maui is like, yeah, yeah. so your five drop is really contested. And I don't think Queen mm. uh, values his characters at all. I think that the... The biggest thing in this deck is, you know, four Ursula, three Elsa. Mm. You could easily make that three, three Ursula, four Elsa. But the way that the Inkables work out um, in this deck is that you are 96 or 97% to have seven ink by turn seven, um, which, it, which is a fine curve. So basically the way you mulligan mm. this deck is you just mulligan for Inkables. You, mm. You're just mulligan for Inkables. Even if you had like four, four Maleficent in your hand, in your opening mulligan, you keep those to ink. Because that's the only way this, this deck really suffers is not having the inkables. Um, other than that, I think it's pretty straightforward. I'll have the deck list in the description if you're listening to audio. You can check it out. We're going to do a deck deck on this one later. But this is my current version. And <clears throat> the whole the whole goal of it, once again, play in the mirror. Don't go to this infinite fatigue because you don't want to go there. That It's a chess match, so you're going to get beat by the better player. But you also might just draw. You also might just run out of time, um, etc. It's just not where you want to be. And yeah, every single Pongo you have on the board, every single Goofy you have on the board individually is asking your opponent for a Be Prepared, a Dragonfire, or a uh, Maleficent, which is a very high-end curve. So you ask, you ask your opponent to answer a lot of things in this deck, and it genuinely makes the, the mirror feel feel pretty easy. Cobble, I know this, <clears throat> this is the deck that you're planning on bringing. What, are your, what is sort of your thesis behind that? Uh, well, it's very much... It's probably for the wrong reason. It's because I don't like those kind of chess mm. situations. You know, the game drags on for so long. Obviously, with this matchup in the mirror, the game is is of course going to go on for for quite some time. But uh, yeah, I when I heard you and Moyen talking about Befuddle and Brooms, I was like, nope, playing a different deck. Don't want to have a look at it. But then when I saw this deck pop up um, after you post on Twitter, this kind of seemed more along my style. I do like control decks, but. Uh, I like the fact that this, like you said, goes under the, the mirror. You can kind of quest aggressively with the evasive cards. Also makes your opponent use up their removal tools. Rafiki in this deck, like you said, against the Amber Steel is just so good. You just kill the aerial. It's it's. I do have a question, though. Mm. and Because uh, I know one big combo that you talked about during the mirror match uh, previously to us is the is the... White Rabbit's Pocket Watch and yeah. the Aladdin. And stuff. So I'm more so curious about, yeah, I'm more so curious about, are the four Aladdins in here still necessary? <laughs> Obviously, you cut the, 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 the smaller Aladdins and stuff like that. Are they just good for a body? Would you even say, would you cut even one card to put in the Pocket Watch to just use with an Aladdin on eight to kind of get that, um, that trade in? Yeah, so Aladdin is, it doesn't have that function in the, in the end game mm. combo, which we'll talk about, but I'll explain mm -hmm. that too in detail. So Aladdin basically is, it's an inkable card, but it's also, you drop this on turn seven, your opponents may be aggressively questing on you, maybe you're playing against Amber Steel, maybe you're playing against an aggro deck, um, and now you say, hey, 
no more questing for you. <laughs> like it's just it's it just trades so well, right? And if you land a shield as well, your your opponent mm-hmm. literally can't quest anymore until they deal with uh, deal with the Aladdin. Obviously, there's there's exceptions to that. There's outliers, right, where they're close enough to twenty lore that they're gonna just keep questing in their face. But for them to outpace you, if you have something like a shield on the board before the Aladdin comes down, outpace you swinging four lore, right? Swinging in eight eight total lore across the board if they decide to keep questing in front of you it's just not going to happen so it's just still a strong card um it's even strong card in the late game like it in the mirror as well you land it your opponent can't question your face etc it's has to to use removal yeah yeah yeah. it's just it it's one of those cards that hits the battlefield and it kind of just stalls (laughs) the battlefield right it it also once again is like hey you got to remove this if you want to quest a lot of time in the mirror people will just they will opt to, you know, maybe not answer that threat and still work on card advantage, work on drawing more cards from Magic Mirror, work on um, developing the board a bit more, <clears throat> etc. But yeah, the 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 no white rabbits pocket watch that is a mm. a big contention, right? So I think you could play one. My issue with white rabbits pocket watch is. <laughs> I think Ruby Amethyst has one weakness, and that's aggro decks. I think that Amber Steel is your best matchup, and I think that you can beat the mirror if you have the right deck. And White Rabbit's Pocket Watch is super dead <laughs> into aggro. Mm. It is such a bad card. It's even bad when you're like, oh, but it's inkable. It's like you still don't want to draw it against aggro most of the time because you're mulliganing for inkables, and you don't want a card that is literally only an inkable, which is what that feels like in an aggro matchup in your worst matchup. I thought about putting it back in just for the threat of having that combo in the late game. With Aladdin. Yeah, so yeah. the combo, by the way, is if you have 19 ink and you have Pocket Watch plus shield already on board what you can do is you can play elsa tap down two things your opponent has this is in the ruby amethyst um match most likely then you can play aladdin you can give aladdin rush with the pocket watch you can attack with aladdin untap it with the shield and attack again it's a combo that's really common in like these ultra late game ruby amethyst uh matches but yeah, I never got to that point. I did find myself like maybe thinking about it, and because I played two two mirrors mm. uh, this past this past weekend, I thought about it. And I was like, mm, maybe it would be nice to have this as we go into the late game. And I'm like, I looked through my opponent's graveyard. I'm like, wait, my opponent has no removal. All right, play a dog, <laughs> and then they can't do anything. I just like it, it's mm-hmm. it's it's hilarious if you have too many of these evasive characters. It's just so hard for the Ruby Amethyst deck to deal with ten evasive characters, especially when eight of them quest for two. But yeah, I still yep. think uh, even with this list, your worst matchup is is aggro. Aggro, yeah, aggro by far. It's uh, it's honestly not pretty close. But when you talk about not wanting to go to go into the late game, you're still gonna go to the late game. In the oh, of course, of yeah. course, yeah. you'll still go pretty late. It's just uh, the biggest mistake you can make in the mirror is over committing to the board and letting your opponent get a lot of value out of be prepared or something like that. Mm. Like. I will often be holding things in hand, especially if I know my opponent either has a be prepared or has the chance to top deck it. Like maybe they're cauldroning for it, drawing cards, like just questing for two when my opponent is questing for nothing is enough of a threat in the control mirror that they still have to answer that. And as soon as they answer it, like maybe they'd be prepared a Pongo, which is a big win for you. You're like, boom, goofy. Mm. It's like, here's another question. Like, <laughs> It's just tough. It's just tough for them to deal with. I think that it's very, very favored in the mirror. Um, I'm not sure. I guess you lose a bit. Of, you probably lose a bit of equity into Amber Steel, but I think that that matchup is so favorable that you can you can afford to lose to lose that equity. Um, but yeah, Kyle, we should we should definitely we should definitely practice. Oh, today. we're gonna we're gonna test with this yeah. for sure. I'm excited. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the 
if you expect Ruby Amethyst to show up, this is the deck that you bring, in my opinion. I, I think it's definitely going to show up. I do also think that majority... Because I know even when I attended the last tournament, majority was Amber Steel. And if you're saying it's a free matchup it against is. Amber Steel, then... Yeah. yeah. I say that with the caveat that a lot of Amber Steel players are trying to find a way to beat it. Like, they are working mm. hard. <laughs> like, what, so this past weekend when I played, there's a... Probably the best player at my locals um, is an Amber Steel player, and that's just what they play. And mm. they specifically tech their deck to just beat me. And I met them at round mm. four, so we were paired away from each other and we met for the undefeated mm -hmm. and they were the only one that you know in the past uh like 10 matches of lakana played that took a single game off me we ended 2-1 but they took a single game off me and basically they did that by getting on the board too fast when i got to my turn seven i didn't draw the inkable for three turns so i got time locked pretty hard <laughs> and then um they had the infinite hades loop and it was just they landed four stitches in that game so it was like it was on the higher end of what that deck could possibly do and it was still a close match to be honest i think that mm. if you expect if you expect amber steel and you expect ruby amethyst and you expect traditional traditional ruby amethyst list to show up Oh my god, you bring this. I think you'll absolutely destroy everybody. Is Moyen going to that tournament by chance? I don't believe so. Yeah, no, lucky no, no. For I don't you. think he's I don't think I don't think he's <laughs> I don't think he's flying over for, for this one. But yeah, I, I played uh Amber Steel uh, as my last uh matchup in the in the previous tournament when I was playing the kind of traditional one. Mm -hmm. And the only card that really kind of gave me problems, which again it probably really depends, right? If you're just drawing a, a huge amount of cards which this deck obviously does. Mm -hmm. It's probably not too bad, but uh, You've Forgotten Me is actually a pretty yeah, good card. Let's play around be... it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that's why I did not play around. <laughs> well, I say I did not play around that. I just was playing what I had in my hand. It was a really bad hand, you know? It wasn't mm -hmm. drawing any of my uh, inkable cards like that. They do the You Have Forgotten Me. I'm like, well, that's pretty much game. I, yeah, I do agree that it really seems like within when you're playing this deck, if you just draw poorly, it's like, well, it's like with any deck, right? But especially with this, when you don't draw your inkable cards, it's like, well, I'm just waiting for that ink, waiting for that ink. It almost and... never happens. I like, if I had run the math on what happened to me when I didn't get my seventh ink by turn seven over the course of three turns, the probability mm. of it was like infinites infinitesimally small. <laughs> so it's fine. Like those, that happens in card games. Um, you have to play around. You have forgotten me. You just... You should. This is a fundamental of all card games, but if you haven't heard this before, you should think about this when you're, when you're playing in Lacan, especially when you play against a somewhat favorable matchup. Actually, just any matchup. Just ask yourself, what do I lose to? Like, what cards do mm. I lose to? If you're in a winning position, what do I lose to? Well, if I go down to two cards, two premium cards, maybe I'm holding a be prepared for a big board They over if they overcommit the board, uh, etc. And then, you know, they're going into turn four or they're going into turn eight and you've forgotten me beats you then maybe you should stop committing so so many cards to board. Maybe you should just be like, okay, I'm winning on board. Draw a card pass. Right? Why? Why You don't need to be spending your mana every single turn when you know you have forgotten me because it totally blow you out. Um, again, in the match that I lost to that player on turn eight or something, they did double you have forgotten me on me. And yeah, that was disappointing. Wow, yeah. Because yeah, I was playing around it. Because Rafiki's actually garbage in that matchup. It's okay. Even if you trade it into an Ariel, Wait, you think it's garbage in that matchup? Really? <clears throat> yeah, I'll tell you why. So you trade it into an Ariel, and then something with a four butt hits it. It's bad. Like, uh, mm. you can't do it. Like, outside of them tapping their Ariel on turn three, which they should never do, or turn four, which they should never do, to sing a song, um, if you attack an Ariel with Rafiki, Rafiki lives. And that's a downside for you. That's a big downside. Because now they can hit it with their Beast. They can hit it with their Rapunzel. They can, they can hit it with all these different cards. Their Tinkerbell. And then they get those damage counters. They get three damage counters. And boom. 
Rapunzel, again, draws three cards. Mm. The, how do you lose that matchup, Kala? The only way you lose that matchup is if they draw cards. If you deny them all the value they could possibly get of Rapunzel, they they really, it's so unlikely they will beat you. Stitch is harder to deny because they're going to naturally curve into that. You shouldn't be using Be Prepared on shitty boards with like two one ones or something like that in order to not deny a Stitch drawing, but that is how they beat you is with Rapunzel. That's why Rafiki is a bad card in that matchup. Even if you trade into an Ariel, if they go back and hit you with a beast and then draw three cards, oh man, you lost you you lost that exchange. You lost that exchange. So that's why um Maui is like the one of the best cards. Because mm. Maui trades with everything. So Maui can come down, trade with something, <laughs> and they can't attack into it. If they tra- attack into it, it's two for one. So can, they can't get value of Rapunzel. If you're opposing Amber Steel player ever You'll see them do this. I promise that someone will probably do this. If you play correctly and you deny 100% value of Rapunzel as much as you can, you will see an Amber Steel player smash their own character and then Rapunzel. That's about the best thing they can usually do with Rapunzel. And wow. that's hilarious. Obviously, they can, um, I think it's Hans. Um, they can Hans and, you know, tag yeah, ping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but mm. you, you just kill that Hans uh, with like a Rafiki or something. And mm-hmm. it's not that good. <laughs> you know, them, them them questing with their Hans, losing it immediately because you trade with it on board and then drawing a single card out of Rapunzel, not that good. Uh, but mm. you'll see them smash their own thing. And that's not good either. They might net one, one additional card. So they're like, doing all do, jumping all these hoops to be like draw one card it's uh <laughs> it's you genuinely counter them the one thing they can do to you is the hades loop so they just keep a hades in hand and then they play hades to board and basically they will yep. always have board presence and hades is like hard for you to trade into that's where rafiki can come in it can kill it but you don't really want to trade into the hades that's the problem uh, because they just loop it right back it's bad tempo for them but if you're going into the late game um like it's fine they can keep a lot of cards in hand. They can do that stuff. So, uh, yeah. Ultimately, Amber Steel, very, very good matchup for Ruby Amethyst currently. Uh, your worst matchups are going to be things like uh, Amber, Amethyst, Emerald. Actually, your worst matchup by far is Emerald Sapphire because uh, they run the they run. The, oh yeah, this the, deck. The, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. The Donald Duck with Ward. Um, mm. Yeah, that that shit's pretty good against you. So Kuzco in Kuzco. Just an emerald in general against Ruby Amethyst is like your opponent basically starts on twelve lore because Kuzco comes down and says, "Do you have be prepared? If you don't, free three free free mm-hmm. three three lore. You do that four times, like they only have to get six lore over the course of the game, and they're they're an aggro deck. It's it can be tough. Um, but yeah, if you add Donald Duck, the, the Donald Duck, Duck with Ward in there, it's <laughs> like Jesus. You, you I, that matchup is very hard to beat. You need a lot of be prepared. You need them at the right time. Um. What sort of uh, what other decks would you be considering for this tournament, Kala, that you're looking at? Uh, so basically, this is my deck that I'm 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 gonna be bringing. Basically, because I have the most experience with this deck, and it's kind of like I said, the 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 type of deck that I like without getting too crazy into the kind of the the chessy matchup. Mm-hmm. I think Raven's deck that we talked about last week, which there should be a deck tech coming for that soon too, is genuinely pretty decent. Um. I probably prefer that deck over Amber Steel, honestly, because I mean I know he played against a lot of Amber Steel and just I mean he said it was easy. Again, this is I don't know, like there's you know, it it's like we like we were saying, Lorcana's such a, a technical game. If mm-hmm. they make a mistake, then it's like, well then of course it's easy, right? If they're playing well, then maybe it's tougher. But um 
I think with the aggressive questing for Emerald, I think that can do a lot of work. And there's a lot of different pairings that you can do with that, right? Like I've seen Emerald Amethyst, which is super good. We've seen, like you just mentioned, Emerald Sapphire is super good as well. But uh, I, I think it's the... super good. It just it just counters. I think I think I I think it's pretty good. I I I've seen a few people, a few different people run it. And I think it's 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 decent. Yes, obviously it does play pretty well into <laughs> into our deck that we're talking about here. But um, it's um, it's it's funny because a lot of those decks. <clears throat> or have really bad matchups into or relatively bad matchups into amber steel so there is a bit of a rock paper scissors happening in the metagame except in my opinion ruby amethyst and the correct build of ruby amethyst is just like the gun of rock paper scissors because mm. it can still beat the aggro decks but currently um amber steel does really well against aggro decks because it has uh sort of agnostic board clear right aoe board clear in the form mm. of grab your swords and tinkerbell shift tank and stuff like that they can deal with a lot of these aggressive threats um aggro beats these like really clunky uh hyper control decks most of the time and then control beats the mid-range decks which is the amber steel and yeah i think that you can beat all of those if you build your deck correctly um that being i have said, a question go ahead. um so with obviously we're going to see a lot of new cards coming out soon for set two do you feel currently and i mm -hmm. think i know the answer to this question do you think currently that ruby pairs well with any other ink color at the moment besides amethyst and i i would say in my opinion i think the only one that comes to the top of my mind at the moment is you can do some pretty cool like uh, evasive stuff with ruby emerald right but yep. i still don't think that's insane it's pretty good that but... deck is really good against ruby amethyst as well so oh really it's not good against my deck <laughs> uh but the evasive so we talked about it on mm. this podcast recently i was like mm. evasive is i told i said evasive is unplayable in a mm. amber steel dominated meta but mm. evasives absolutely dunks on um the traditional ruby amethyst decks it does not beat my version because you have evasive goofies to trade so mm -hmm. it's already a close matchup ruby amethyst is already removing things and they're they're kind of still barely getting you when you add an element of being able to compete on board with them as well and potentially tr trade into two characters which is what goofy can do sometimes um yeah it's it's a much 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 better matchup i actually think that the other I think that's a very valid combination, by the way. Emerald, Emerald Ruby. I think it's a super valid mm -hmm. combination. That's like a good deck you could potentially bring. Um, the only issue is, yeah, uh, Amber Steel is going to be a hard matchup. It's, yeah, it's bad into Amber Steel. If, if Amber Steel is everywhere, then I don't think many people are going to be bringing that matchup. Yeah. So the other one is uh, the other Ruby deck is Ruby Sapphire. Ruby Sapphire just hyper ramp, hyper ramping to Maleficent, getting on the board really aggressively, and um, yeah, just like so. If you ramp into Maleficent, it can be pretty tough for your opponent to deal with uh if they don't have removal because it's just so much tempo right you immediately get the nine nine ink and anything they drop if you have the right cards in hand you're just two for wanting it right off the board and you're dragon firing and you can do things like play dragon fire deploy a threat on turn five because you've ramped so much i don't mm. know if the deck is good but, but uh it's a fine combination to be honest yeah i think that particular combination ruby sapphire i think just whenever I think of Sapphire decks in general, for me personally, I like to pair it with some sort of card draw because you're ramping for so much and you're using so much, so many of your cards. We talked about this pretty much like on one of the first uh, podcasts that I hopped on here. It's like a top deck fiesta, right? With with Sapphire mm -hmm. because you're you know you're just putting all your cards into your inkwell, and if you don't have any like consistent card draw, it's like, well, I hope this card I draw is big. I hope this card I draw is like actually like playable. Um, but 
Yeah, I'm. I'm curious to see what other directions Ruby is gonna gonna go in because it has some like really interesting tools. Mm. I um yeah. I did some paper gameplay, recorded gameplay with a YouTuber, Flesh and Blood player, actually like multi card game player, uh, called DM Armada. He actually lives local to me, and we played three matches, and you were swapping the decks around. And one of the decks I brought was Sapphire Steel Combo, um, mm. sort of an untuned list, kind of net deck. The list changed like one or two things right before I got up there, but it was. Versus Ruby Amethyst, it was a cool match. Like, I, I basically, I almost drew my entire deck. I had, like, 17 ink. And, uh, yeah, the only thing I lost to... Like, I was about... It was very, very close game. Like, we went... We were pretty deep into the late game. And I just lost to Pocket Watch Aladdin. Like, the Aladdin needed to be in hand after a, a whole new, one of the Holden Worlds I did. And But it, it was a great match. Like, and that deck is super fun to play. I think that deck is pretty weak. And it's very over <laughs> overrated. But, um, yeah, I mean, Sapphire Steel is a... It's a pretty legit deck, the combo deck, um, and I had a, I had a ton of fun playing. It's probably you know what, but I want to talk something you said with the you you inquired about Rise of the Floodborne. So mm-hmm. one thing I'm actually concerned about with Rise of the Floodborne, this might be better for the player base as a whole, but right now, and I say this with not a crazy amount of card game experience, but a good amount. Lorcana is honestly, this version of Lorcana, this meta of Lorcana is one of the best card games I've ever played in my entire life. And it is very enjoyable. I love it. It feels like you can play so many different decks. There are, there is like a best control deck. There's a best mid-range deck. There's a best aggro deck. It's kind of a rock, paper, scissors format. I mean, it feels very skill oriented. doesn't feel like there's a ton of variance going on. Mm-hmm. My biggest worry for Lorcana is that that will change as card design gets pushed in set two with some of these more powerful cards will we'll be more like, oh, my, my opponent landed the turn five Cinderella. Okay, I lose. But I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying that example uh, specifically, but I, I, it's funny because the card game is so good right now that I'm at a point where set two actually just makes me more anxious than anything because this time period, this sort of time capsule of Lorcana, this meta is one of the best card game metas I have ever played in my life. And I've had the most fun playing this card game than, uh, than I like ever have before, to be honest. And wow. That, yeah. That can, that you would be in a new set only just kind of scares me <laughs> to be honest. Cause yeah. I mean, look at the pixel pixel born stats. I know we talked about the Raven, how it's maybe not accurate mm-hmm. to the, um, the competitive scene but it's a very very well balanced game and it despite a lot of the card design being vanilla um it, it the gameplay does not feel very vanilla like you are doing busted things you are drawing lots of cards of magic mirror you're cauldroning um you're two for winning with maleficent you're um whole new worlding or wheel of fortuneing from magic the gathering the game is so good right now like i <laughs> you have no idea what it takes for, to get me to go out and play a locals at this point in my in my life suck all my locals by the way 30 to 45 minutes away yeah so 30 minutes there 30 minutes back mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i just locals are a struggle for me um just because i always tend to be recording on the evenings and like that's just like my most busy time and i love playing my local locals just the one because all my other locals no offense to them they kind of suck and I'll, the reason they suck is because they are hyper-focused on Lorcana League points, which 
It's my personal opinion. It's going to piss some of you off, and that's totally fine. Literally just my opinion. Uh, I think the whole, the whole Iconic Elite thing, for me, for what I want out of the game, super lame. I don't I don't care about it at all. And it's it's kind of just annoying Like that there's all this like dress up as this character, and it's like, oh, did you read the sheet and get your points? I'm like, dude, I don't care about the points. <laughs> I just want to play the game. Um, but there's a lot of stores near me uh, that just like, they lean into that over anything. So like, uh, no prize incentivization, best of one single limb. And it's like, I'm not going to drive 40 minutes to single limb. Like that's just a waste of time mm. where people are going to be playing like these silly aggro decks to go get their league points. If that's what you want to engage with the game, totally cool with you. But for me, that makes me not go to those stores. So there's only one store that does best of three, multiple rounds, gets an undefeated, etc. And there's, that's where the competitive players go. And that's where I, that's where I have fun. Um, I think uh, it kind of it's a very similar thing for me, right? Especially because this is my first physical card game that I've kind of jumped into. It's very funny because there's one kind of local game store. Again, same type of situation. It'd be about 30, 30 40 minutes away. Um, and I could have the opportunity to go on, on Saturday before this big event on Sunday, mm -hmm. which could be a good experience, right? But I'm actually just going to stay home and just practice on Pixelborn. And, and the, the biggest thing for me is, uh, again, I'm, I'm a huge competitive player, right? Mm -hmm. have been in Marvel Snap and stuff like that. But the opportunity for me to... And go over and meet one of my friends. Flight's not too long. Go go and compete. And which I'm very thankful that uh, this specific store in Manchester is actually doing like a pretty big tournament with some decent prizing, right? Like two booster boxes for first place. And not even just that. I believe like top eight, they all get pretty good prizing, right? It's like second gets a box and a half. Some like maybe third and fourth get twelve packs and kind of just keeps going going lower. Like I'm very glad that certain stores like this store are reserving stock specifically for events like that and not just be like, okay, we've got stock, let's just sell it to people. Mm -hmm. Right. They know that events are that events are important, that people want to play within events. And at the end of the day as well, like I like I said, I love playing competitively and stuff like that. But I'm getting to hang out with my friends and just play a card game that is genuinely like so much fun to play. Like you said, like I looked at Lorcana, saw it before, was like, okay, this game looks pretty, pretty decent. You know, I'm I'm not too engaged within physical TCG stuff. And then uh man, one trip to the Ravensburger booth in Gamescom, I was hooked, man. Mm -hmm. Oh my god. Literally, like it it, it the, the the game is is so much fun. So much fun. So yeah. yeah, I'm I'm extremely grateful to um have all of you guys as well. Like, you know, this little uh group that we can just, you know, talk about the cards and get excited about it with, you know what I mean? Because I think that's what the the, the most important thing for me within card games is right it's like having people with with um, similar mindsets you know mm. always trying to break the game you know if I, I'm like Brandon what's the next best deck that's the, you're the first person I'm gonna ask 100% you and Sasha it's uh it's so, um, that's secretly yeah. how you actually get good at card games uh it's just to surround yourself with good players which is all that's like any success I've had which is not much um is just I got lucky and I surrounded myself with it with people who are good at the game and they just, they force you to get better and they help you get better at such a high rate. Um, and yeah, I, you know, what's funny, Kyle, I talk about really enjoying locals right now. You know, we talked about playing on Pixelborn too. The paper analog is much more cathartic. It's much better to play. Like I love playing with my paper mm -hmm. cards. I want to do that. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yes, but I'm, yeah. I'm not gonna drive 40 minutes for a best of one where I'm facing mm -hmm. somebody on aggro deck who's trying to get like some pin is wearing a Disney t-shirt. I'm sure that, I know I said that in a bit of aggressive way, but it's just not for me. It's just not for me. Okay. Um, I, uh, I'm actually, I can't play physical. I can't play locals anymore. Do you want to know why? Cause that deck I've been what? playing, all those decks I've been playing. Those weren't my cards. Scala. I, oh no. Cards. <laughs> yeah. No. So a guy named Terrence uh, lives near us. He's from flesh and blood. He had a full collection. He lent it to me. 
for a couple of weeks, mainly so me and DM Armada could actually film those videos. And I had, to give mm -hmm. it, I had to give it back two days ago. So I've been playing locals with those cards. So I actually don't really have cards anymore. I have an Amber Steel deck, um, which I actually did buy. I just, I honestly don't like playing Amber Steel because the mirror, in my opinion, feels very. I feel the most variance in Lakana in the Amber Steel mirror. Uh, which I don't enjoy, and then I feel like the Ruby Anthus match, if you're facing a good player, is like, it feels like pulling teeth. Like it sucks. It's just not fun mm. to play. Like you just they will they can their deck can actually just outplay you at every point, in my opinion. Which could be a skill diff. You know, I could just be bad at that deck. But um, you know, from sitting on the other side of the table, <laughs> sitting on the Ruby Anthus side, I just, like it it's tough. It doesn't feel yeah. good. It, it just feel and it just feels bad because it's a long drawn out game, and you're just like, wow, I'm just losing. Great. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I don't really like playing that deck right now. Uh, Kawa, there's a deck you sent me mm. that you wanted to talk about. Uh, I pulled it up here now. I guess I'll, you know, I'll put a, we'll put a link in the description to it, but I'll just go ahead and read sure. it out. So, yeah, I don't... This, this is was a... from, let me, I'll give you some context mm. first. This is from a, uh, a 1K tournament that yeah. happened recently. Uh, it made it to top eight. I don't, I, I don't think this list won. If this list won, it would have been everywhere. Ugh. But it was within the top eight. Um, and I'll talk about a few things about it. You can, you can call it the list first, or mm. um, yeah, can, you can, can go for it. I want to go to a little tangent real quick, and I want to rant. Yeah, about yeah go something. ahead. Almost yeah. every Lorcana tournament that's happened that's been played for stakes, the top eight has not played the top eight, and they've split. Can you? kids stop doing that that's mad annoying it actually so there's this like card gamer mindset where they're just like hardcore plus ev and i understand splitting top eights and splitting finals and stuff so that you can mitigate the risk and split it more evenly because it can be pretty top heavy but so many lorcana tournaments have happened now where they just literally don't play the top eight like i've seen it in the youtube comments like i remember phonetic was doing like a breakdown it's just like, by the way, people in the comments are like, oh, by the way, we didn't actually play. It's like, great. I don't know what list is actually good. <laughs> like, it's just so, it's actually pissing Wait, me off. Wait, so top eight don't actually play? No, it, I'm not saying this tournament. It's just happened in like four or five major Lorcana tournaments. The top eight has just been like, oh, chop it up. It's it's common in, it's common at TCGs. It's common to chop. But for consistently, like the past like four or five I've looked at have been top eight chops. It's like, can you... Wow. wieners just play the game so we can <laughs> see the best list it's yeah, frustrating yeah. me so much <laughs> um because i was also looking at a similar list to this uh that mm. was uh amber sapphire and i was like oh that's exciting it's like oh they chopped mm. the top eight and i know people were like oh but they made the top eight it's like yeah there's a lot of decks that make the top eight i want to see like them compete against the meta decks in top eight because i have no idea what this deck faced in in swiss like maybe in swiss course, they just got yeah. a, they just got an easy little route you know they played bad players yeah. they played bad decks it's like i want to see this up against the other players in top eight with ruby amethyst and with steel amber so this is my this is i'm just kindly asking all of you lorcana players out there stop chopping top eight go for glory go for glory or you can chop the money just play the games it's mad annoying um anyway context on this list or you want me to read it out first so yeah the hard yeah, part about reading these lists out is i don't there's so many cards right no yeah, it's yeah. Like, we can just leave I... a link we can leave a link yeah, if you guys yeah. want to see the... listen if you guys want to see the link go watch the youtube video it's going to be in the description yeah, yeah, yeah. um but basically the whole idea of this list is um i'm not going to say so it's not like heavy ramp i guess you could say it's heavy ramp but not really heavy ramp like it does have four grammatalas four mickeys but um I think the biggest thing that I kind of felt, because I've, I've played this list a lot mm -hmm. against uh, Amber Steel and against uh, the, the Steel Emerald deck, uh, and the biggest stat type of thing in this deck is, you'll see the Mr. Shmi in this deck, and I haven't really seen Shmi running like yeah, too yeah. many other decks. Two five. And it's just good, right? It's 2-5. I think a, a 3 for 2-5 is good. 
Yeah, yeah. I think I think the card's a lot better than people kind of uh, kind of. Well, maybe people just haven't used it that much. No, but it, the it, whole is, idea it is. It is. It is underrated. You are right. You can mm. say that mm. it is better than people give it. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but I think the this deck is pretty cool because it's actually the first time I've played the uh, Aurora, the five cost Aurora, where like uh, it gives everything ward. And then, obviously, if you're playing the, like, listen, if you're playing the Ruby Amethyst matchups, be prepared, it's fine. Mm -hmm. But uh, I wasn't playing that matchup, and I guess if you're not playing that matchup, they're not really doing too much, like, target removal. But say if you're playing against a similar list like this, right, and they've got, like, Hades or some type of removal, even an Emerald deck that runs Mother Knows Best or whatever, they have to deal with that Aurora before they deal mm -hmm. with other stuff, so... Yeah, it's annoying yeah, for me the reason this as well, by the way. Like, uh, oh, you, you say it is, you, yeah, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. So you're telling me that every time you land an Aurora, I have to use be prepared. I oh, have I guess to it's like it's like it's like Cusco then, right? Yeah, Dude, it sure, turns sure. off every single call. Like, it turns off Dragonfire. It turns off Maleficent. Like, that's the mm. worst part. It's like let's say you mm. develop your blue Maleficent behind this, and then mm -hmm. I have Maleficent. And I'm trying to like two for on your Maleficent. I have to do it on your Aurora. That sucks. It's on your Aurora. Yeah, 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 that's true. And I can still quest for three then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and this still has like a. I would I wouldn't say crazy amount of card draw, right? But it has the Rapunzel, has Robin Hood in there, which I'm not too sure how I feel about. I do like the fact that he has evasive on your turn. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've played with Robin Hood too much. You know, can can I mean if they're just playing evasive cards, you can actually hit into them, which is nice. Stitch Surfer, yeah, that's we've probably talked about this a lot. It's 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 just yeah, but I I genuinely think this card is just so good because like you get if you get the card draw, that's great. But it's just such a huge body as well. I I love the fact that this is just a four eight, so so good. Hades super good to, you know, just throw stuff into your opponent's inkwell. Let it go as well. It can just be sung by uh, a lot of different cards in this deck. I'm not going to say that Bell is your win condition in this deck. I didn't really get to that stage too much, but I think Bell is definitely good in this deck. Because um, yeah, obviously, like, with, with, the, with the natural ramp, right, you've got your Gramatale, you've got your Mickey mm -hmm. Mouse. You get the Bell out on board. And then if you do, like, I mean, listen, if you do Bell Aurora, they have to deal with that, and then they have to try hit the Bell. So I think this list has been... Like the testing that I've done so far, it's it's been limited, right? But it's been pretty good. I think you can adjust a few cards. I think the BR guest helps a lot with card draw as well. Uh, you can do the infinite Hades if you want to. I don't think you're really going to get there. But if you just get a Hades out on board, it dies, and you play another Hades. That is just pretty good that you can keep looping that if mm -hmm. you have the ink right ramp decks. You just want to use up your ink, I guess. Um, yeah, the deck seems pretty interesting so far. So. I believe that this is the type of list that my partner is going to be bringing to this uh, tournament on Sunday. So I'll ask her uh, to to see how she kind of fared against certain matchups because I'm I'm more than certain that she's going to be playing a lot of Amber Steel this weekend. So uh, I'm curious to see how that matchup goes. But yeah, what are your thoughts on the de deck initially? Do you think it has some obvious weaknesses? Do you think it's interesting? I played against it on Pixelborn. Uh, oh, okay. Before. I think that it comes down to there's heurist there's a heuristic on how you beat Amber if you're mm. playing control. Or you, honestly, I just you, you, most of the time you just have to deny Rapunzel value. If you deny Rapunzel mm. value, the draw potential of this deck goes way down, and that's super mm. important because then you can start to run them out of threats, um, especially when they play cards that are effectively bad cards, right? Which is like Mickey Mouse, the one that ramps. Like, that's a bad card, mm -hmm. but it's played for a reason. Gramatala is a bad card, but it's played you know for that reason. If you run them out of card draw, you can and you have card draw, and you deny Rapunzel value, um, and they don't land a million stitches on you. Uh, you're in a pretty good spot. But yeah, I mean, Aurora is annoying. The Maleficent, the Quest for 3 is very annoying. And Bell is like Cusco on steroids if you have above 10 more. Because <laughs> it's the same thing, yeah. right? Cusco, you might think, like, you might, people think about the Cusco ability and yeah, it's good banishing something. But what really makes Cusco annoying is like, it just gets the quest. 
And like that mm-hmm. sucks because it's three. And if you do that four times, that's 12. And then you have six more to go. Aurora is like, it, it's on the board. It's like literally remove this where your opponent progresses 25% of their win condition. Yeah. Assuming you can trade with it after. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Bell's overrated as a card, but it's it's still a good card. I think a lot of, you know, there's a lot of decks that base their deck around just like win condition with Bell. And I think that's the biggest mistake where she's more of a, more of a mid-range card, I think. Yeah. I agree. I don't think you ever do the whole crazy combo belt because it does work sometimes, but I think it doesn't work. It, it yeah, it doesn't succeed in what it wants to do more often than it actually succeeds. So um, yeah, I think the deck is interesting. Like like you said though, it's so funny, right? Because it comes back to the whole thing that you talked about, where you talked about playing the three cost Maleficent in the Ruby Amethyst matchup. Mm-hmm. You're against the Aerial Lever, like you cast the friends, so you don't, so they so they don't gain the um, yeah. the Rapunzel value. I mean, that's why Mickey. And this text, oh yeah, it's just a one three. But then if they just quest with anything, you just tap it. You do repunt. Like it's yeah. probably going to be, it's most likely going to have two attack, right? You just trade, like hit into it, Rapunzel. You got two cards. It's like that's how you kind of start kicking, right? And if yeah. you play against players that aren't aware of that, yeah. then this text actually suddenly really good, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? I think being an amber player, there's just like a huge difference as you play against players that don't know how to correctly mitigate your Rapunzel, and then when you play against ones that mm. do, you're like. This is so annoying. It's like, so hard, can you, right? Yeah. Can you stop doing that? Can you please yeah. sing your friends on the other side? Because it is very frustrating. Because that card will just rot in your hand. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Rapunzel as you know, playing Rapunzel, you know, you obviously can ink it, which is great. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's one of the honestly one of the biggest level ups in Lorcana, I think, right now is just correctly playing around correctly play around cards which is like the most generic way of saying it. But specifically, just Rapunzel because like a lot of these players that are playing Rapunzel are that that's that's their game that's like part of the game plan they're like oh i played this ariel they play maleficent oh, i'm gonna i'm gonna trade it in my turn four i hit my rapunzel and then when you sink when you cast hard cast friends on the other side they're just like oh. they're oh, still they're not yeah. they're not in a terrible spot right because their ariel doesn't get traded they can still sing with mm-hmm. it it's like but most of these amber players are hinging their game plans off of drawing off rapunzel like it's just mm-hmm. it's just so key to amber because i mean let's be honest rapunzel is just a busted card <laughs> like it's just mm-hmm. busted but it's balanced because you can kind of play around it. you can't always play around it but you can kind of play around it um i think the list is good i think that a lot of lists you know a lot of lists in Lorcana are good and that might sound like a weird statement but it's just uh statistically true and i think you can play a lot of things um and have to see success with this would i take this to a you know 64 player tournament with a cut to top eight probably not because it doesn't really have the modality that i want that i feel like i can get in some of the other decks that are genuinely overpowered in my opinion and when i say overpowered i mean overpowered slightly because lacan is a super balanced game but um, I think it's a good deck if you enjoy this kind of gameplay, enjoy the mid-range style of gameplay. Like, I'd probably play this deck over Amber Steel, even though mm. your aggro matchup is probably worse. Your aggro matchup is probably worse than this. I'll I'll tell you the exact situation. Mm. You're, you're probably going to laugh. It actually comes back to how you just said that you borrowed your 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 deck, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, what I bring this? Okay, so in a deal world, there's, there's, there's three people. So I share a collection with my partner, right? Because mm-hmm. there's no shot I could just buy four of every card myself. Uh, I mean, at listen, you man, prices you can. Okay, at a U price as I can. But um, so we share a collection and Raven owns none of the cards. So we're basically going to this tournament all using the same collection. So we all have to use like a decent deck with different color inks, right? So I'm on the the uh, Ruby Amethyst because, you know, Raven does like control. Um, and then we have the, the situation where it's basically between Raven and my par- partner where Raven can stick with the Steel Emerald deck 
or can even try this Sapphire Emerald deck, and then my partner gets to play Amber Steel, which is pretty good. But I think, uh, I mean, Raven loves that deck, and it's not the situation where he's like, Kawa, I'm only playing this deck. He's like, it's your collection, you can do what you want, but um, I think it's going to be fun, right? Like, my, my partner very much wants to come into this and, and try to, to see if this deck can do something something cool, you know what I mean? And I, I think that's going to be interesting, right? It's like, imagine, okay, imagine we just all brought Ruby Amethyst, but then are we, like... Yeah, imagine, if, we, if, imagine we all made the correct decision. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah that's the situation but i'm I'm excited i'm genuinely excited to see how the deck does right because like in into a, a 64 player tournament it could be interesting yes majority is probably going to be amber steel with a lot of ruby amethyst as well but maybe the deck does okay right and i hope it doesn't just you know it's it's not gonna be one of those things where it's like top eight right, I, got to, I, I gotta tell you if you make it the top eight <laughs> and they and these these people, they they ask you to split. If you don't mm. snap, snap, say no, and you gotta say it mm. the most. You used to be no, insta. Mm. Don't think about it, just mm. say no, and don't if they just walk away. If you don't do that, I'm disowning you. I'm disowning you. <laughs> you know what? You, you know what the best response Podcast is? Ended. When people ask you to split the, when they ask you to split, and there's there's outliers. You get the world championships. It's fuck. It's fifty k to first, ten mm. k to second. You're like, hey, you want to split, um, so that they both get, yeah. 30 yeah, yeah more money yeah, yeah yeah they both get 30 so they mitigate a ridiculous mm. amount of risk and uh you know you have no courage then that's a fine choice but if you're in the top eight of a booster box tournament and the seven players come up to you and they go hey do you want to split you say yes let's do all the first that's how you split <laughs> yeah <laughs> let's do all the first oh yeah those guys just tilt me it's just like i understand that some people have to get plus ev at these tournaments but if you travel to get if you travel with the necessity of being plus ten dollars EV, it's just like just play the game, just play the game. Yeah. Um, also, so you're here. You're, also, you're here to play the game. Yeah, 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 I understand the aspect sometimes where people are like fried. Like I've been, mm. I have split a finals before at a pro mm -hmm. tour, at a pro tour invite, flesh and blood tournament or whatever. PTI. Yeah. Um, and I split it because it was my friend. <laughs> who was also staying with me and mm -hmm. I just didn't want to play. I've been playing for nine hours. Yeah, of course. <laughs> for like nine yeah. hours. It's like, we just chop it up. We just, we didn't even play the match. So I'm a bit of a great there, but I, um, yeah, consistently, I consistently ask for the split all the first, because I mean, obviously they're not going to do that. They're trying to split it eight ways. <laughs> so it's a little bit of a bluff. They'll never take you up on it anyway. Cowards. Uh, all right, Cal. Let's get into these. <laughs> let's get into these. Yes, uh, let's get into the set two cards. Let's okay. So, um, all oof, I totally forgot that when I popped these up on my overlay, they are going to be tough for me to read. This is on. So, can you start us out with "I'm stuck"? Yes, one hundred percent. So, "I'm stuck" is a one cost inkable card within Amethyst. Uh, it's an action card, and it reads: "Chosen exerted character can't ready at the start of their next turn." What do you think? Uh, just one sec because this overlay is giving me some tough but i do okay i do have my thoughts on this card while i try to get this uh this slideshow mm -hmm. to work and that's that i think this card is better than befuddle in a sense mm -hmm. so i think there was a lot of ruby amethyst decks that were playing befuddle just to play it and potentially bounce like a lilo which i think is a it can win you a game or it mm -hmm. can stop you from losing a game but i think that ultimately it's pretty bad whereas this card is more playable because you can play it on like a a high drop um or something like that um i think it's i think it's a decent card i'm stuck i i like it you know befuddle now s serves a pretty visceral uh role in that deck right mm -hmm. people are using it 
And um, yeah, I think that it's potentially a better version. A uh, better version of that when you're not doing the infinite loop stuff. And I apologize to our video viewers. My slideshow is absolutely losing its mind. So it's just going to keep sliding. That's the thing. So you'll, you'll <laughs> see, you'll, you will see them come up every few seconds. I've tried to press every button I can, but it will, it will not stop. So Gawa, take us on to the next one. I can keep this going. Yeah. So the next card is a uh, Flynn Rider, Confident uh, vag Vagabond, I believe mm. that is. Uh, one cost equal cards, uh, one three, the quests for one, uh, within Emerald. Yeah. Do you think you slot this in instead? I mean, no. the only thing, yeah, okay, you've got Storyborn, you've got Hero, you've got Prince, those tags will probably matter in like four sets to come or whatever, right? But like, uh, do you think you slot this in instead of a Duke? Like, do you think a 2-2 two -two is just always better than a 1-3? Yeah, definitely. Yeah? Yeah, mm -hmm. this this is Olaf and Emerald. Um, so the reason this card exists, in my opinion, or what I think will happen, is there will be a shiftable um Flynn Rider coming. I think that's why this card mm. exists. Interesting. Cool. All right. Next card. We have uh <clears throat> excuse me, Cogsworth, which mm -hmm. is a two cost. Oh my god. <coughs> Let me get a <coughs> excuse me. Can't excuse handle me. the pressure. I know this card is just too good, guys. Uh Cogsworth is a two cost inkable card within Sapphire. A uh, talking clock two three. Uh that quest for one. And its ability, your characters with Reckless gain, um, your characters with Reckless, Ten. when you exert it, gain one lore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think Very interesting. Oh, Magical Christmas Land is bad, I think. If there's a, it's like a toolbox card. If there's like a meta where Reckless, if Recklessness becomes like the best deck, like, yeah, you might play this card. But mm. I just think it's overall a bad card, to be honest. It's cool interaction. <laughs> so the, the main takeaway for something like this is like you can see the design of Lakana expanding, right? Because prior to this Cogsworth existing, Recklessness mm -hmm. just meant um, I cast Recklessness, that that character can't quest, simply. You cannot yep. gain lore. That is what that meant, and now this is changing the paradigm of what was mm -hmm. the design tenant before. Yep, correct. Uh, next card we have is a super rare, five-cost inkable, also Cogsworth, 2-5 uh, can quest for two, uh, has shift three, ward, and then your other characters gain resist plus one. I think this card is pretty cool. I mean, listen, we've talked about resist already. If we're, if we're just talking about the resist keyword alone, uh, we've seen kind of how powerful that can kind of be. With shift three as well, you can play it into the the two, three Cogsworth. It's, it's kind of hard to say, though, because it's like, I, I think I need to see a lot more cards to kind of actually value how good this card is. But, I mean, if you compare it to Aurora, I guess it's different in terms of it has ward it's not giving everything ward but then you know giving everything resist one is pretty good against aoe's and stuff maybe you play this in a mid-range type of deck as well i think i think, you're, I think you're shifting so something if you're ever shifting something i feel like it's because you're you're immediately stopping yourself from losing the game or you're immediately basically winning the game um mm. so like a shift aladdin is like I, I make this play because it's stops me from losing the game. Shift Tinkerbells. Mm. I make this play because it's, yep. it, it wins me the game, right? I play Tinkerbell. It does mm -hmm. one. I attack something that was exerted. I clear the entire Just two. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So other than that, I think the shift is overall a mechanic that you sort of want to avoid because you inherently set yourself up to get two for ones, right? You, you're playing this on top of your other character. Um, now when it dies, both die, right? You do two for one mm. for yourself. So I think if you're evaluating Cogsworth, you should evaluate him without the shift unless he's broken, mm -hmm. right? Unless when he comes down, if he comes down on three, it just auto wins the game. So we look at like the bell, right? Mm -hmm. The bell that makes you discard. That's a card that 
you know, you would potentially shift into. Like it's super powerful. To yeah, get because it's incredibly yeah. Mm-hmm. Cogsworth, in my opinion, not that it does make early combat pretty nice for you, especially if you're like playing into aggro potentially. But yeah, it's it's okay in my opinion. It's also not really congruent with where I see Sapphire right now. But obviously, that will change with the context of the set. Yep, for sure. Next card uh, within Steel, three cost Inkable the Prince. Never gives up. One three with a body card can quest for two and also has uh, resist plus one. Man, uh, a three cost one three. That doesn't seem uh, insanely good, especially since, I mean, well, I mean, listen, with bodyguard, a card like Rafiki can't just trade into this right because of the resist plus one. Uh, this card gets absolutely dunked on by uh, Smash, right? You just, you just smash this. Maybe not, maybe not dunked on, but like it's, resist it's, it's good, right? Smash. Oh, it does as well. Oh my god, yeah. It's okay, never mind. Cards. This card's actually better than I thought already. Just, just by, just by talking about certain cards. Yeah. This card stops all the three cost answers. Um, is it good enough though? Is it uh, like, yeah, it's good. Uh, Gaston's probably one of the few cards that's good against this, right? You would play this. Um, yeah, Gaston is good against this. Mm. You would play this. Um, in the like, so the decks that currently try to like Lilo Simba cheese you. I mean, honestly, that is already Amber Steel, like a lot of versions of Amber Steel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, if yeah, you yeah. go Lilo, Simba, the Prince. It's actually pretty good, yeah. It's actually kind of annoying. Like, that kind of just sounds like win the game to me. Um, mm. I just, your opponent, how do they beat that? They, like, have to shift Pinky on four, and then you've already gotten so much value out of your Lilo. This card is actually, I don't know, this card actually kind of annoys me that it exists, because you're also questing it for two. Like, this is such an aggressive card, because you're questing it for two, and it's getting bodyguard when you quest. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I can uh, I can already see the Amber Steel build where this card is really annoying to deal with. Actually, yeah, because, like, they dropped the Lilo on one, you don't have the immediate answer, then they drop Simba on two, they're on the play, you have to try to clear the Simba, mm. which you already know is a pain in the ass. Now this comes in on three, and it's also questing for two on top of that, denying you further access to the Lilo. Sounds like you have to play Tink on three, Shift Tink on four. Ugh, I, don't, yes, I, I, uh, I think the card is great, I just hate it. I hate the design, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, it sounds annoying. Yeah, when 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 Floodborne launches, Brent's gonna be like, I fucking hate the prince. <laughs> it's gonna go to the tournament like I lost against the man. prince. Oh man, yeah, interesting card for sure. Okay, next card is a uh, bounce, which is an action card with an emerald, two cost, a non-inkable card. Return chosen character of yours to your hand to return another chosen character to their player's hand. So just to note, you can basically bounce one of your cards to bounce another one of your cards, or you can bounce one of your cards to bounce one of your opponent's cards uh it seems fine i guess i i guess like if we're ever i know we saw that um, merlin card right within mm-hmm. amethyst when you're bouncing cards it, it gets if correct me if i'm wrong but i'm pretty sure it's like it increases your lore for every time you bounce a card no or did you, did you draw a card let me actually double check yeah it one is, thing i would never go ahead yeah sorry whenever one of your other characters is returned to your hand from play this character gains plus one Lore this turn, and it's a one five as well. That's so I don't think he plays the Merlin. I think this just goes into this like Emerald Tempo deck that plays Genie and plays John Silver and stuff. Mm. Uh, does it make the cut? I'm not sure. So you have to bounce your own character, right? That is, uh, that's not conditional. So that deck wouldn't want to. Yes, right? you have to. You you would yeah, yeah. you would you would love a card that said two cost unnickable bounce something you probably play bounce it. something yeah that'd be yeah. so good so yeah. i don't know if this card is good i don't see myself playing it playing it merlin per se but it could it's just 
as an unthinkable the Merlin strategy is yeah. TBD, right? Like it's like mm. who knows how powerful that is. Yeah, for sure. Uh on the last card that we have here uh is Cinderella. Uh which we all knew a Cinderella was coming for the mm. for the shift, the crazy shift Cinderella. So this Cinderella is obviously from Steel. Uh it is a two cost inkable card with two two stats. Can quest for one. When you play this character, you may draw a card, then choose and a discard a card. It's basically just Simba, right? Simba's effect again. Yep, it is Simba, and it can be you can shift the big Cinderella onto it on turn five instead of playing yep. it on turn seven. Uh, yeah, I mean it serves a function. You're gonna want mm -hmm. it. You probably want to shift that uh, that Cinderella because it's so broken. Maybe you won't be shifting it into Ruby Amethyst or Ruby anything because they'll dragon fire it, but. Um, yeah, it's a decent card. Also filters, which is uh, sort of a key theme of steel in the form of Simba, and now we see it printed in Cinderella again. Uh, it's good. It's good in combination with Cinderella, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it, the thing is, is like you see a card like this. The current way we understand Larkana, you're like, okay, you play this card in order to uh, shift Cinderella onto it because yep. as a two, the the stats on this are not great, but coming from other card games, you know, if there's ever is. It becomes a deck where you can interact with their graveyard. You're getting bonuses for cards in your graveyard or in your banish zone. Mm. Sorry, in this game, yeah. I mean, this card could help facilitate that. Drawing, you know, drawing, drawing, digging to your combo piece, then getting a combo piece that benefits off of a card in your graveyard. But I don't think we're getting that in set two. That's like more co complex card mechanics. Yep, for sure. Um, so that's all the cards that we have. Just to note, there are a few other cards that were technically leaked, such as Bucky. Which is actually like the little squirrel from Emperor's New Group. I actually never knew that character's name. Mm. But uh, it's like Bucky, some new Minnie Mouse, and uh, some other card as well. But we're not going to talk about those at the moment because like half of the text of the card is kind of cut. So we'll get to those cards eventually, probably within the next few weeks. Uh, but yeah, I'm really excited to just start to see more cards from um, Floodborne be released. And I think in October, we're going to see like a mass, mass amount of cards uh, released so yeah i know i know you said you're more anxious yeah, than i am anxious. Like, oh my god I'm what's anxious. what's to come what's coming what's coming the game is but, too uh, good it's it's too yeah. good right now like i don't find that one forever yeah <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> uh it's interesting the game is really really good right now um i'm interested to hear if you're listening to this or you're specifically you're watching on youtube let me know your thoughts on the prince and specifically that one two three curve with the lilo and if you think that that might be it seems pretty frustrating <laughs> right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I think you like, think Lilo Simba is already pretty cheesy, to be honest. Um, it's just you you can deal with it. This one seems like it'd be harder to deal with. Uh, also, have you have you, mm -hmm. have you played the bodyguard deck much? The Amber Steel one? Because I've played a lot of it, and it's actually it's better than you would think. I yeah. Think, honestly, I played I pretty good. the I played the Amber. Uh, yeah, Amber Amber Steel one. Uh, no, this is oh, Amber Amethyst. Oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you know. Yeah, yeah, so Spessy's deck, and yeah, yeah, that card is. I mean, that deck is frustrating to play against where you're just just in timing out these bodyguards. Um, yep, that deck just loses to itself and it kind of plays itself, so that's why I don't I don't like it, but mm -hmm. it's it's powerful for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, let us know your thoughts, uh, in the, in the comments, what you think about some of these spoilers in the next set. And if you also agree that the Lacana meta is super good right now, because I wonder <laughs> if other people feel the same way or if they're complaining about, I guess, I mean, if you rewind it two weeks ago, people are complaining about Amber, Amber Steel. I'm sure now yeah. they're complaining about Ruby Amethyst again. And then, yeah, who knows? Anyway, Kawa, anything else you want to end on before I close this out for the week? No, I think we're all good. Just like I said, super excited to find uh, or to see gotta more cards. Gotta get that win this weekend too. 
better. Oh, I hope so. You better, so. you better spread the word. Don't split time. If I'm using your deck, you're like you have to get the win. Yeah, 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 yeah for yeah. sure. I mean, it auto wins anyway. You're good. You're good. All right. If you're listening to this on a pod platform, you can go to YouTube.com/slash Podcana um podcana to check out the video version of this it's we do have card images up deck images all of that deck lists will be in the description both on pod platforms and on youtube you can find us both on twitter my brand apg call us at cobotech underscore cg um and yeah hit us, hit us with a like and subscribe We've got multiple deck decks up on the channel now check them out uh great level ups big shout out to moyen for joining us thank you all so much for listening we'll see you next week